Welcome to Darker Days Radio special for the Fanboy 3 Virtual Con, which I believe has a particular name. It's, uh, let me just check what name was we used for things. It's got a particular name. Uh, anyway, as I find that out, I'm Chris, one of your regular hosts for Darker Days Radio, and, and I'm joined by Crystal. Hello, Crystal. Hello. And I'm joined by David. Hi. Yes, yeah, so you're here for Fanboy 3 Presents Online Gaming Spree. So there are obviously games going on currently that people are participating in, plus other content. We're Dark Days Radio. We're a horror RPG podcast focused on reviews and original content. And we also do spin-off shows like Dark Hammer that looks at the Warhammer um, fan- Warhammer roleplay IPs. But for this, we're focusing on uh, Chronicles of Darkness, which is uh, produced by... Onyx Path Publishing, licensed from White Wolf Paradox Interactive, and it's a horror RPG, which means it has lots of things you might be familiar with if you're familiar with World of Darkness, but all remixed in its own unique way to give uh, original kind of setting uh, without some of the the laborious problems that come with Metaplot. So for this, we're going to do a special where we take our segment called The Secret Frequency, where we look at some real-world myth, legends, folklore, and look at how we can incorporate these into our games in Chronicles of Darkness. So, uh, David, you've happily got from a friend um, a lot of cool information about Manchester and its folklore and mythology. And, of course, you currently live in Manchester... I have lived in Manchester uh, for a good I, for my degree in PhD, uh, and Crystal knows nothing about Manchester, but she knows lots and lots about Chronicles of Darkness and the different game lines, uh, as do I and David is just getting into. So yeah. we're going to start with what um, David? What do you think we should go with first? I quite like the look of talking about the Rat People of Manchester. Yeah, the rap people. Okay. Um, so just before we start on this one, I do want to say a massive thank you to Dr. Catherine Crouch, who brought all this information together for me. Um, when I told her that we were doing this, she went, yay! Very stuff, very stuff. Come from her. So, okay, so the rap um, it's kind of exactly what you think it's going to be, but it is kind of based in urban legend and towards a little bit of truth from what we can work out. Um, So in Manchester, the story stuff goes that in 1642, there's a young woman named Mary Milkrinkle, and she had two babies, Joshua and Jemima. And they lived in a part of Manchester called Campfield. Um, I'm not sure where that is nowadays. I think it might have changed names. That sounds um, like it's located near to Castlefield because it talks about. I was thinking Roman Castlefield because it says Roman Fort. Yeah. So we'd probably be around the Roman Fort area, and we know that there are a lot of canals there which mm-hmm. would fit in. So, um, as as she was walking around one day, um, a local innkeeper, uh, in a very very drunken state of inebriation and merriment, uh, snatched away the, the children and tried to juggle with them. So kind of a little bit of a comedy theme theme starting off with it. Juggling act with children seems a little bit odd. 
Um, but then obviously being drunk that he is, he managed to drop the children and they fell into a nearby open sewer. Wow. Uh, 1600s, the sewers did have a lot of water. They would have been fed by the canals from Manchester. Although they probably wouldn't have been canals at that time. Actually, they'd been rivers. Um, you would have just had the River Irwell at that time. Uh, yeah. Plus the other so rivers the kids, that network through. Yeah. Um, we're not yet in the Industrial Revolution. Um, so yeah, so the um, the kids were swept away. Um, unfortunately for the, the the innkeeper, this was not a good thing because he was obviously caught and hanged for his his misdemeanour. The children, despite a massive search, were never seen again. Dun, dun, dun. So the story then goes is that the twins did actually survive in the sewers, and they were brought up by rats in the sewer. Um, as, as rats have a habit of doing, they, they have a habit of picking up children and looking after them. So they were, they were brought up as actual rat offspring. So they were, they were, they were raised to believe that they were rats. Um, and then as, as things went on, because they lived with rats, they had offspring with rats. Mm. Not quite sure. But they were they had offspring rats, and then there was a spawning generations of rat people, um, and these seem to have lived and died within the sewers of a, and vast underground networks of tunnels that are under Manchester. And we do know that there are tunnels and big sewers and undergrounds and all sorts underneath Manchester that remain unexplored. Um, and there have been over the years sightings of these so-called rat people. Um, with one recent, most recent one that we could find was in 1972, where a Mr. Alan Albert Tumble uh, found the body of a rat child in his garden. Um, so, was it a rat or was it a human? Apparently it was indistinguishable from that of a rat, so mm, make up your own mind. But Interesting. So, rat people in the sewers of Manchester. So... <laughs> Crystal, where where do you feel you go first in the Chronicles of Darkness game lines to use this information? Oh, the very first one would be with the werewolf. Of course. Uh, I mean, it's so easy to just put kinfolk in there and there you go. You know, now you have rat people. <laughs> um, that, so that was my very first thought when, when I was looking over this and taking a look and I was like, oh, that'd very easily fit in with it. And I mean, is it the Balshu or is it is that how it's pronounced? I can't. It's been a while since I looked at the pronunciations in Werewolf the Forsaken because those are the oh. rat hosts, which are yeah, a splintered I'm... soul of a of a of a um, ancient spirit killed by Father Wolf. Yeah, I am not actually sure about the pronunciation. No. <laughs> so... <laughs> One thing um... I've noticed is I'm learning. Chronicles of Darkness and their settings. There's some very interesting so, names. Yep, they're 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 fun. Um, but carry on, Crystal. That's you were talking about rat rat people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so that is just the very the the easiest one to slot them into. Um, yeah. And um, I, I will tell you also just to connect um, all of the almost all of these. I have also had in my home hometown. Um, in some way, shape, or form. So if you are not from Manchester, you can also take these and kind of adapt them to your your own 
city. So um, the second one that I would go with is actually Changeling. Definitely. So yes. I think I think having that be like the sewers be part of the hedge would be a very, very cool way to do uh, Changeling because everyone always thinks about it as, oh, it's so beautiful and everything. I'm like, no, not, not always. <laughs> no, because the, the hedge is a, the hedge in Changeling Lost is a uh, psychoreactive realm. So it can appear however the people are that experience it, where it bleeds into reality and also the experience and realm that uh, the gentry in particular wants it to be. Um, I was thinking that as well. So yeah, beast. The, the the kids could come back as these are beast kin, or they could be, um, or they could be uh, hobgoblins created from that realm. Uh, I would inject a little bit more of weirdness into that, and going with that or with werewolf, because uh, I was immediately thinking of Mister Whiskers from. Um, from uh, Beatrix Potter's books. So Mr. Whiskers is yes. a rat, this rat guy who almost feeds on, uh, captures and tries to cook, uh, is it Tom Kitten? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. there's a classic piece of artwork where he's there in a nice waistcoat and, you know, britches and everything. And so given the, the historic nature of this legend is uh, to take this kind of racked people but have them dressed also in the attire of the 1600s and so they could have mm-hmm. foppish hats and so forth and that really increases that weirdness and then tilts it a little bit more um, they could and I, my thought was and then running on from that now I'm getting really horrible they have an entire society underground that is very much yeah. like the 1600s kind of elite um, and they capture pe- they capture children or people to feast upon in their weird debauched um, kind of faux parties in the underground. So it has that element of Alice in Wonderland as well, I guess. But that's where I'm going yeah. with it. <laughs> that's just no. That's that, just that, that does work because it does it does talk about that there's an underground city of them. So oh, yeah, there um, could be. Yeah, you could quite easily run. The good thing with the reference to Beatrix Potter is obviously that's set in Windermere. Mm. So could we bring in Beatrix Potter's novels into this? Because Windermere is not that far from Manchester. Yes. Um, so which other games could we look at to use this in? We've, we've spoken about Werewolf. We've spoken about Changeling. Um, obviously, you could easily use those antagonists in a Mortals game. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. the joy of Crimes and Darkness. Um, could we do something with? I'm wondering. Um, I'm thinking mage. Mage, really? Go for it. <laughs> I I am thinking that they could actually be the byproduct of, of a snapback of magic. Oh wow! So an other world that shouldn't be intruding yep. on on our reality. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, so that would be um, they, they, they're children that by some means came upon some abyssal intrusion that allows this other reality to occur. Uh, yeah. Weird. That's super weird. Um, uh, it's a very left. It's a very left turn. That I mean, I'd be intrigued to see how that would that would actually play. I you could also could you could also go to play mage. 
you could also go totally, totally um, staying paranormal, but non, but not supernatural. And you could look at Hunter. These are just creatures yeah. that are the byproducts of some strange, though ancient, uh, biological mutation created by alchemy. Uh, the 1600s link also means you could potentially look at the crossover between the between this legend and uh, the fact that you know someone like John Dee and his acolytes would have been in Manchester at the time. He was yeah. the he was in charge of the collegiate uh, for the diocese at the time uh, when he was there. Uh, and there's plenty of other legends about how, like, the corn exchanges on top of the the remains of his home uh, when he was in Manchester. So you could look at that angle He's as well. He's called the devil as well. So, mm. um, okay, I think that's enough for rats at this point. Um, so, which one do we want to cover next, uh, Crystal? You have the document open. Is there anything or not? I do. You okay. do. If you if you want time to think, I'm going to pick one straight away, which is always interesting. Um, I'm going to pick out the fact that we don't know for certain, but I kind of just like the idea of it. Is about the Beaton Tower. So the Beaton Tower at one time was the tallest building in Manchester, like a true yep. skyscraper, and. Uh, it has a, a bar where I think you can be on the bar, you can look down through the glass floor at, you know, the, the, to nothing and descend all the way down that way. But the point is that the Beaton Tower um, is also now... It's the Hilton, it's a, it's a hotel now, so it's also known as the Hilton. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's really funny because whenever it's windy... It's almost as if the tower's kind of like wailing because the way the wind Screams. cuts across it, it resonates and creates all these different sounds. It's a big glass building. It has this vein at the top, which is, I think, meant yeah. to stop that, but it doesn't. It has, obviously, because to stop low-flying aircraft, there are big, shining red uh, lights. And the the apparently... As we're unsure where this this folklore comes from, this this urban myth, is the fact that it was built on top of a burial ground, and it is for this reason that it screams. It is the dead being like drawn up through through this building that acts as some sort of resonator. Has now kind of a I guess if we're going down that route, that sounds a little bit like. Ghostbusters, where you know they go, yeah. oh look, the building they use this magnesium alloy, and they're like, well, what's so important about that? It's like no one does this. Um, so maybe then the Beaton Tower is actually a part Dragon of spirits. I was going to go. It's a piece of infrastructure in Ooh. Demon: The Descent, or if you're playing Mortals: The God Machine Chronicles, where yes. it is. Uh, it was originally constructed to bring down an angelic being of the god machine, but now they f forgot to turn it off, and it still acts as a resonator, an amplifier for, for ghostly entities and ephemeral beings. Yeah, that, that would work very, very well. And it is, it's, it is also truly haunting to walk past it when the wind is blowing through it, because it does properly sound like it's screaming they also it's have not just like the wind that you'd normally hear 
They have problems when they um, film Coronation Street because they they have to be aware when it's a windy night that they might be able to hear the beaten tower in the background and that just screws up the filming of that. The the longest running soap opera. (laughs) Um, Right, Uh, Crystal, your pick then. Okay, so um, one of the things that caught my eye that I really liked was, let's go up here, make sure I... Uh, Ginny Green Teeth. Oh, okay. Uh, Jimmy, Ginny, Ginny, Ginny. So, I... Very I always, popular English folklore. Yeah, I always have an interest in, like, why women are always in ponds and drag people down into it. Like... <laughs> um, so, yeah, Gin, Ginny Green Teeth is very, very popular. She, she appears all over the Northwest. It's not just in Manchester. So wherever there's like a pond or a lake or there's some folklore around water, you get this kind of character appearing. So, um, so what is what is Jenny Greenteeth then, Crystal? Um, can you just quickly give us an overview of what this entity is? So she is a green-skinned hag, um, and she lives under the water. Um, she drags children into her lair and devours them, which is great. Lovely. um but yeah it it looks like looking through um the information on her that she does appear all over the place so she's not just um stationed in man manchester yeah Yeah. i remember hearing about her when i was a kid and i was living in nottingham so a little bit further south of of manchester so she does appear all there's a all over England. It's it's quite interesting when you go to the the wiki that um, she inspired the the lake monster Meg Mucklebones in the Ridley Scott film Legend, which is a freaking classic and terrifying. Brilliant movie. And that witch is also played oh. by Robert Picardo, who plays um, uh, the emergency medical hologram in Star Trek Voyager. Uh, mm. Mm, I know. Um, Links <laughs> um, and turns. Yeah, but the the interesting thing about this character, uh, about this entity, uh, this legend, is I think it has an element of being, of, of hauntology. Of, we are haunted by our past and things around us and it's part about of our, of our culture and how even though we didn't ex- maybe didn't quite experience it it's it's there intruding upon us and we're and i think this is a very primal entity so i think it's perfect for uh being uh, i think it's perfect as a as a as one of the gentry and changeling it's a brilliant spirit uh you can easily therefore take as published by Darker Days Publishing, um, uh, Sins Washed Away, and reskin that entire scenario for Manchester, and you can then swap out the, ent- the, 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 the main entity in that, if you play the paranormal version of it, and use Jenny Greenteeth in it. I'm not going to say more because it would be spoilers of a product, but the point is you can swap in the entity and reskin it so it works. Uh, Jenny Greenteeth, though, uh, has this feeling of the of the spirit of dark water, which is a these um, public uh, public safety adverts that were in the UK during like the seventies, and it was voiced yeah, by why can't I think of him? Is it John? Is it is it John Pleasant who was in Halloween? 
Yeah, uh, let me just check. I want to get this completely right because it's so. What the Spirit of Dark Water is is a public safety um, uh, commercial advert um, to you know warn children not to go swimming in like bodies of water, like canals. Uh, quarries those type of things because obviously they can be a lot colder than you expect there could be things under it or just playing by water and the thing is even myself i didn't grow up i never saw these adverts at the time of the original show but the adverts persisted and there's a whole load of these adverts which are like uh, a kid's flying a kite and it hits uh, some electrical wires and they get you know electrocuted that way or um something about like playing by by railway uh, lines or things like that. But the Spirit of Dark Water is different because they're trying to get across the fact that it's something you can't see. And so they have this, this cloaked figure, this dark-faced cloaked figure standing in the body of the water watching children playing and going... And if the children don't fall in, it goes... I'll be here next time. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, you just terrify children forever. So you could... You, the thing is, I think you can go down that route. Um, yeah, it's the spirit of lone, of dark and lonely water. It has an entire wiki to itself. Donald Pleasant, not John, Donald Pleasant. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would just go down that route. You want to have this entity that feels very ancient, but you don't know where it comes from. It's constantly haunting us because it has that primal feeling to it. It's something that's baked into our DNA almost from when we were simple monkeys and our lizard brains there going, oh, be scared of the water. Yeah, Any other ideas? You've got the same things that come out with this. So you've got, uh, this again, it appears across the world. So um, the Japanese horror movie, Dark Water, plays on this idea. And so does The Ring to some extent. Yeah. With something coming out of the well. So there's always stories that you can relate to horrible things within water it's not just again we're, we're focusing on manchester but showing you can move out and, and take on other stories from other countries and use the same ideas so yeah um there is certainly something under the water hmm crystal did you have anything to add on that idea uh not really i was kind of racking my brain as to where to place it, and you guys said everything so I'm thinking, trying to think outside the box, and I maybe at some point she's an unawakened mummy. Oh yeah, that's really cool. So like yes. her, her her coffin her was like somehow got lost in a canal, like it fell off a boat, and now yeah. they're back, but they're like more they're more a siren. Oh, and a siren from Promethean is also perfect. Yeah. Ah. that would be interesting. So yeah, like you, <laughs> she just keeps getting woken up by people going in the canal, and like that mummy alarm clock we had talked about. <laughs> you can't hit that snooze button. Yep. <laughs> um, the other, the other inter- other idea you can use is that this isn't actually an antagonist. This is a geist's. Um, this is this is a geist for geist the sin eater. So in that game. Uh, th- this this spirit, this entity, is in fact their their geist, and the geist is kind of like an archetype of death. It's a it's a ghost that's become a spirit that brings you back from your death. Um, so you could literally have a named historical figure, well, legendary figure. Cool. Okay. Um, 
that's uh, that was good fun. Um, what's the next pick? <laughs> I think for the last one, because we're, we're going to run out of time soon, is something which is kind of a bit more modern. Okay. Uh, so I, 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 and I think Crystal and Chris know why I'm going to pick this one as well. Go on. Um, Alan Turing Memorial in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2001 uh, in Manchester, they, they put up a memorial to Alan Turing, the great computational scientist who effectively created the field of computational science. Um, they put up a memorial to him and there's a route, there's a, rumor kind of legend that underneath this memorial they buried a computer and that computer is still running um, interesting and this this instantaneously goes to me um instantaneously fills into that kind of mortal level of god machine straight away so um, you're saying that he he was about possibly the computer or what it is instrumental uh, in creating a part of infrastructure for the god machine yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've got Alan Turing creating, effectively creating modern computing, and then him sitting on top of a computer itself. There's lots of different layers there within kind of God Machine Chronicles that you can apply to it, and it may appear in something that I'm working on at the moment. But... <laughs> and uh, also, not, yeah, may not make him like the the bad guy in all of this, and just have the God Machine is using his inventions. Yeah. to further its own agenda too uh the route i would go is you could easily use it for mage so i would say this computer yeah. was instrumental uh during uh because obviously when alan Turing was coming you know f- had these formative ideas and everything it would have been in the early years of the formation of the um of the <gasps> Oh, what are they called? I can't think of them. That group of mages, the Free Council. There we go. Um, and so what this is, uh, is actually a gateway to a digital realm, uh, which was a, 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 safe, uh, a safe haven in those early years uh, for the Free Council to essentially uh, train and, and work within uh, in order to combat the Exarchs. Uh, and now in the modern age, maybe this realm has been corrupted and has become or maybe it's like the internet is layers upon it and right at the the neck at the heart of it is this realm created by them by this machine much in the way if you watch tron legacy the the reality in tron legacy is considered something of a galapagos because it's not connected to the rest of the internet so it's evolved in its own way you could go down that route as well so it's this strange other realm which could allow mages to have particular experiences that allow them to expand their own consciousness and their own abilities but likewise because maybe it is con- disconnected it has created and now finally grown out of that 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 limitation but it has um entities within it which are also strange and uh dangerous yeah yeah so it's just it's one of those things because it's 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 very much modern urban horror rather than based in a lot of the folklore stuff that we've already talked about so you get to play a lot with the ideas of maybe the dark web Mm. as well oh yeah those kind of layers within that so um and obviously alan turing is a great great character from manchester's history um that you can bring it in with that and the fact that 
maybe you could even relate um, Demon a little bit to it and the, 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 the computer that is buried underneath Alan Turing himself, that the memorial itself is not related to the God machine, but was maybe something from a fallen angel. Mm. Well, that's interesting, yeah. Or you, you're getting the, taking it as a different way from the actual kind of, oh, the God machine, because that's the obvious answer. Could you, could you relate it to demon? Uh, Crystal, any particular thoughts and ideas that's maybe not demon and mage related? I mean, it could also be used as a hunter terminal for communications. Oh, that's cool. Like an old, like the original database as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, that gives me an idea because that's related to some other stuff, other writings. Um, (laughs) I can work with that. So what if Alan Turing was using uh, his number crunching as a mathematical algorithm to to predict and the predict the location of monsters of like uh yeah so it's like a it's like some weird kind of like prognostication device for hunters hmm okay that's cool right um that is a ton of ideas in literally 20 just over 20 minutes of um of of stuff that you could use for any of the game lines Chronicles of Darkness and also I think so many of these ideas that we've we've been through I think you could reskin for any other horror game like if you want to use them in Mage the Ascension or in uh, you know anything from World of Darkness I think that's really easy um, I think some of these ideas are really well suited to a game of cult mm-hmm. um, I think that's, that's yeah. so easy uh, and the point is is that you know there is we're we're so lucky to have access to so much information about locations that you should just be brave and and often the best way to run horror games is to to tell stories and write stories about places that you've experienced because especially if your players are also living there because it gains this kind of level of it feels tangible and real and yeah. it's very easy within the theatre of the mind to really then get engrossed in it and it kind of makes the scary things a little bit more scary than they would normally be. Um, any last points that people would like to close out on uh, before we finish? Well, the only thing is, is yeah, we've we focused on Manchester but we've seen that from some of these stories that you can quite easily translocate them anywhere. Oh, of course, yes. Don't always. So if you hear about a really cool horror story from folk horror thing from one place, go right. I know a place where I live that is very similar to what this sounds like. Let's just move that idea across and let's play it there. So don't. Whenever you're looking at horror stories and, and ideas for your games, don't always try to set them as you as you were saying, Chris. Where they're actually set, you can you can bring them into your hometown, and that adds in a much deeper level of kind of suspense and a bit weirdness of, of the town. And then when the people actually walk around that area, they're all a bit like, "Is that true? Did that did that happen in real life as well?" So cool. Okay, I think if that's everything, are we happy with that being everything, Crystal? Any anything else to add? No. Okay, I think we're quite satisfied with that. Excellent. With that, yeah. thank you for watching this short video. Uh, if you want to find out more, please go to up there, www.dark-days.org. Please go to our 
Instagram, you can go listen to other episodes. So it's like about 100. There's actually technically something like 200 episodes of Dark Days Radio that you can go through with more ideas such as these and how to use them, plus reviews and interviews with people that make wonderful games out there. And if you want to pick up some cool stuff to run Chronicles of Darkness, go over to the Storytellers Vault and you will find Dark Days Publishing. And we have five or so books out as of now, which are good introductory stories or locations or things to use in your games. And again, I will thank Crystal and I will thank David for coming on and, uh, you know, helping me out with this uh, wonderful video. So enjoy the virtual con by Fanboy3 and we will be back with uh, more content. So see ya. Bye. Bye.